Welcome to another inspiring message from John Cameron, Senior Pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire and empower you. Amen. Verse 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. The old has gone and the new has come. Christianity hinges on a central thought that because Jesus has come, everything about our expectation for our lives is different. Because Jesus is alive, real, because He has presenced Himself in our lives, in our worlds, but because Jesus is alive, that our expectation for our, our lives and our future has got to be different, must be elevated to another perspective. Because of Jesus, we're not trapped in our shortcomings, in our past, in our, in our failures. If there was a world without Christ, it'd be easy to believe that we will always be the way that we've always been, that yesterday's failings will live with us forever, that our shortcomings in our, our past will limit our tomorrows, that if there is no God in this world, that my faults and my failings and my, my sin will determine the future of my life. But we know this morning that Jesus is alive. Can somebody say yes to that this morning? That Jesus is real, that He has come. And I come to Jesus and I bring to Him my shortcomings, my failures, my inadequacies. I bring to Him the, 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 the failure of my life and He replaces it. He comes to me and erases my past. He frees me from my failings. Yeah. He sets me free from the sentence of my, of my wrongdoing. Yeah. And because of Jesus, I'm given a brand new start. Yeah. To put it simply, because of Jesus, the old has gone and the new has come. Brilliant. When I start to be awakened to that, it causes me to think about my life my future, my tomorrow from a whole different perspective because I am challenged and liberated with the conviction that it matters not what has gone on in yesterday, it only matters what God has for me in my tomorrow. In verse 16 is an amazing statement. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly perspective. We regard no one from a human point of view. I don't know what you've come to this building carrying this morning, but what I do know is that for every one of us in this service this morning, it is so easy to think about others, ourselves, our lives, not from the perspective of what Christ comes to bring to our lives, but from what the world tries to make you think about your life. I mean, for every single one of us, we fall into this trap. I've fallen into it. I look at a person and I think, well, you know, this is what they were like yesterday. And then I tend to tramp transpose that into their future and think, well, this is what they'll be like tomorrow. But the Bible is telling me it's not like that when you're a Christian. When you come to Jesus, it's not saying you get your past forgiven and your future is gonna be the same. It's saying the old is gone and the new has come. Man, that's challenging. 
because now I'm thinking about my life and my tomorrow with an elevated view that, man, if I found Jesus, if you found Jesus, if anyone has found Jesus, then I got to think about my life differently. You've got to think about your life differently. That we've got to believe in a God who's saying, man, it doesn't matter our faults or our failings yesterday, that we're stepping into something new. And when we step into something new, we're leaving behind what was in our past. And it's a promise of a new tomorrow and a greater future. And Christianity challenges us to think about our lives, not through the world's lens, Romans chapter 12, verse two, that we are to leave behind the pattern of this world and to be transformed by the renewing of our thinking. That when we come to know Christ, we have to change the way that we think, change the way that we filter, change the way that we process. And we've got to believe for something greater. As we step into this new year, into 2013, I don't think there's been a more important moment in many people's lives that we think about what God has got from us, for us, not from a worldly perspective, but from a God honouring one. Change the way that we're thinking, change the way that we're believing and elevate our lives to the way that God would have us think. How deeply this verse, the old has gone and the new has come, is embedded in our thinking. How deeply we believe it. How deeply we believe in a God who can erase my past and restore my future, a God who can take me out of what I've been in and liberate me for something greater. I hope we all understand this morning that no matter how great your life might have been in 2012, that it's gone. 2012 is gone. There's 48 hours left of it, less. And we're stepping into a whole new year. That's exciting, that's challenging. Because we're stepping into a place we've never been before, a season we've never been in before. And as we enter into it, God is challenging every one of us that the old is gone and the new has come. And how deeply that thought, that truth of the Gospel is embedded in our thinking is gonna determine a lot about how we go through this coming new year. God doesn't want us just circling around thinking that we're always gonna be the same As we move into this new year, we've got to understand that for our lives, the old is gone and the new has come. When it comes to New Year's resolutions, I don't know what your approach is to New Year's resolutions, but everybody has one. Normally, number one is going to be something really noble. It's going to be something to do with, you know, more time with the children, more time in God's Word. You know, then number two is going to be something about a hope or a dream. And number three is always going to be, I'm going to eat better, exercise more. That's the hard one. Anyone who wanted to say amen to that one? But when it comes to New Year's resolutions, you know, what you think about, what we think about New Year's resolutions is going to stem from how convinced we are that God has removed our yesterdays and restored our tomorrows. If we're willing to believe the truth of God's Word, the New Year's resolutions are important as our New Day resolutions because it doesn't matter what my faults were in yesterday. I'm living in tomorrow. I'm living in the now. The old is gone and the new has come. I've got to live out of the new. We all must. We have to reach for something more in God, something new, something higher, something further. The old is gone and the new has come. You know, you can't change your DNA, but you can change your destiny. Because the old is gone. There is no sin waiting to trip me up that I committed in my yesterday. 
Not in Jesus. Yesterday's sin is forgiven and forgotten. And there is only a God looking down on us with favour, with blessing, with promise. He has removed my past and restored my future. So man, it doesn't matter what you feel like you're coming into this new year with or what you're carrying out of the year that's been. Every one of us in this room is entitled to a dream, a hope. Every one of us is living under the favour of God. And we're gonna walk into this new year believing that if God is for us, then who can be against us? I gotta, I gotta think higher. We all must be believing that the favour of God shining on us is gonna lead us into a great and a blessed new year that something incredible is in store. God wants every single one of us looking at this new year with massive expectations. If you've got Jesus in your life, my friend, then you have to simply grab a hold of huge expectations. We've almost, we all must be believing that, man, if this is real, if, if my past is erased, if my sin is forgiven, if I stand in a present with nothing bad behind me, then what must I think about for my future? Wow. Jesus said, you've got to come to the kingdom like a little child, a little child who believes there can be a brain surgeon, a doctor. Come on. You know, at the moment it's real popular amongst my family to be, you know, a pop star. They all wanna be pop stars. I'm telling them you're gonna lead worship. No, no, I wanna be a pop star. I'm like, no, 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 you're gonna lead worship. Anyway, they'll get, they'll get it one day, but you know. But the thing is about it that no child is looking at their life through a lens of the failures and faults of yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So their expectations are huge. And God wants every single one of us to be thinking about this year that is to come, not out of the lens of the failure of yesterday, shortcomings, sin, inadequacy, or even, my friend, your past successes. God wants us looking at the future, not out of the lens of what we've already got, but out of the fact that that is gone, the old is gone, and the new has come. And if any man or woman is in Jesus, then we are, my friends, a new creation. Set free, liberated, inspired, believed in. 2012 is gone and the new year is coming upon us. You know, this verse, this thought of the old is gone and the new has come is is anchored in in our thinking about baptism. When you think about baptism, it goes all the way back to Noah, this man who built this ark and went through the flood and... You know, 2012, the movie that came out a couple of years ago had arcs in it. You know, the, yeah, yeah. the Mayan calendar comes to an end. We're living in the post-Mayan era. I'm, <laughs> I'm encouraged by that. But you know, in the movie 2012, they literally built arcs to get through the flood the, yeah. the, you know, that was coming on the waters. But the first guy, the one they borrowed it from was Noah, who went through the flood waters out of the old into the new. Then we have Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery, out of cruelty and subjection and hardship. And then they came through the Red Sea and out the other side and the waters closed again. And they were set free from their slavery, from their bondage. Noah released from an old world filled with a a wrong way of thinking from bondage to decay, to immorality, to being the the Israelites enslaved to a a cruel lifestyle, no blessing, no prosperity. The Israelites with Joshua crossing the Jordan River from the wilderness into the promised land, another 
symbol of baptism. Jesus went into the grave for three days, came up out of it, victorious over sin and death. And now you and I are being baptised. We, we got baptised, hopefully, if you're a Christian, went down to the water, came back up, symbolising that the old is gone and the new has come. But let me challenge you, friends. What was Noah's mindset like when he walked out into the new? What was Moses thinking when the floodwaters consumed the Egyptians? What was Joshua thinking when he stepped into the promised land? What was on Jesus' heart? when He became victorious over sin and death. And then what should my mindset be, yours, as we step into this new year, knowing that the floodwaters have come and gone, that we stepped in a new life, freedom, that my past is gone, uh, no slave chains binding this Son of God. Come on, you and I are to believe for something greater because the old is gone. Man, you could shout this in the rooftops over the generational challenges in your family. That poverty, that alcoholism, that, that cancer, the old is gone. You can make it over something small. The fact that you set a goal for 2012 and didn't live it out. Well, that's gone. The new has come. Don't let your life be dwindled down to the, 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 the understanding of your old. Let your life be pulled towards the promise of the new. As we step into this new year, I really feel like God's got us on His heart this morning that every believer in this room would know that in our lives, the old is gone and the new has come. Yeah. It has. We've got we to really lift the level in our lives. Believe for something greater. Refuse to be limited in the small of our old and instead be conformed to the promise of our new. Let me give you five thoughts around the old and the new this morning. And the first one is that the old, it seems so real. And the new, it seems so surreal. You wanna know what I'm talking about? I wonder what you're like when you buy something new. When you get a new thing, maybe you get a new, you know, jacket, new pair of shoes, new car, I I don't know, new phone, new laptop. Something new comes your way. Because I found that in life, there are two different camps when it comes to the purchase of the new. My wife Gillian is one of those people that the more she likes the new thing, the longer it's gonna be before she uses it. <laughs> Anybody like that? Yeah. Come on. I mean, if Gillian gets a new pair of shoes and she really likes the shoes, then she's gonna bring them home, be all excited about them, she's gonna put them on, show them to me, but then she's gonna put them somewhere in the house. <laughs> Normally it's on the desk that I have in our bedroom that's supposed to be for sermon preparation, but turns out it's the new purchase desk. She'll put them on there, the box will be open, you can see into the shoes, but she's not gonna wear them. She's just gonna gonna leave them there. It's gonna be a week, maybe two, depending on how much she likes them before she's ever gonna wear them because it's new and we gotta kinda, we gotta get used to this new. Anyone know what I'm talking about? She'll come to me and say, honey, I really need to buy a new pair of jeans. But look at these jeans. Look at them. They're old, they're baggy, you know, whatever. They're not quite working for me. I got to buy some new jeans, you know, whatever. And I'll be like, oh, okay, all right, sweetheart. Well, you know, here's the money. You go and buy your jeans or whatever. You know, we talk about it. Not that I hold the purse strings. I mean, but you know, but I do. But anyway, that's because I'm Scottish. But anyway, you know, she goes out there. She buys her new jeans, comes home. I got to model them. I got to say, wow, they look amazing. You look so, you know, awesome. And... 
the things that husbands have to say that, you know, give reassurance about the proportions of these new jeans. And, and then, then I'll get up early the next day and I'll go to work. She's not here, I don't care. But anyway. Get up the next morning, I'll go to work, you know, and she'll come into the office, you know, a bit later on in the morning after she's done the school drop off. And sure enough, she's wearing her old jeans. The ones she just convinced me she can't wear anymore because she needs something new. I have no, relish, no relationship to that way of thinking. I, I'm the guy that, you know, they get the new phone. You know, I got a new laptop recently and, uh, you know, time to upgrade. And I got my new laptop and by the time I got home, it had no box, no manual. <laughs> All I had was the charger and the laptop. That was it. And Jillian's like, where's the box? I said, oh, I, don't, I don't need it. I got a new thing, you know. I'm the guy who buys a new shirt. I'm going to wear it out of the shop. I'm going to be like, can you just get rid of that security tag for me? I'm wearing it, you know. No boxes find their way home. I'm wearing the new pair of shoes that day, the next day. Come on. It's just like, we're so different. Then, then just after the 10th anniversary of Arise Church, for Jillian, this reached a zenith because we bought a lounge suite 15 years ago. And just after we got married, we've had it forever. This thing's been a game player. This is just stay with us forever. I love that couch. You know, it's lasted a long time. And and uh, as a thank you gift for 10 years of Arise, the staff and a lot of our friends and some people pitched together and gave us some money so that we could buy a new lounge suite, knew that we wanted it. And so we went out and we bought this new lounge suite. And at the same time, it just happened that this, this coffee table Jillian's been wanting for forever came on sale. And so we also bought this new coffee table. So when you walk into our lounge room, we used to have you know a lounge suite that was 15 years old, carefully placed rugs to cover the holes, stuffing coming out the back. Kids can sit on it whenever they want. You know what I'm saying? Anybody can go on it. Now you walk in there and there's like, like a totally brand new like lounge suite and there's a brand new coffee table. And, and of course, because that's there, then everything that's not new, Jillian had to get rid of it. So that's all gone now. You know, it's probably a little bit light on furnishings, but you know, it's all new in there. And of course, you know, me being me, we, we get it delivered on a Friday on Sunday night I've got 15 guys all huddled around this couch. They're sitting on the floor on. over each other watching the All Blacks play. You know, we, we, we filmed it from Sunday morning. Jillian, it's Christmas. I don't think she's even been in the lounge room yet. She's just, <laughs> I'm like, sweetheart, you don't seem to go in the lounge. She's like, well, it's all new. I, I'm just, I'm still getting used to the fact that everything in there is new. I haven't quite got to the point where I, I'm going to use this new so thing yet because she loves it so much. And I found about life that whether you step into the new or you stay in the old, it's got a lot to do with you. You'll be willing to recognize that the old might seem real and the new is surreal, but we've got to make a choice not to live in what we're familiar with and we know, but to leave it behind and step into the new that God's got for us. For every single one of us to step into the new in 2013 is to admit that what we had in 2012 is not our final resting point. That it's not where God wants us living forever. And then we gotta reach for something higher and grab a hold of something that we know God's got for us, but seems less real than what we've already been living in. New changes, new jobs, new opportunities, new business steps a new way of eating, 
a new way of reading the Bible, a new commitment, a new form of serving in church life, church leadership, a new, a new, a new series of, of beliefs and goals for the next season of your life, maybe getting married. And in these new moments, the, the old seems real and the new seems surreal, but God's looking for people who aren't gonna live in the old, but are gonna make the choice to conform to the lens of Christ and to step into the new. See, even in this passage of Scripture, it says, you know, we once regarded people from a human perspective. We even regarded Christ from a human perspective. But we're not gonna do it any longer because if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And we can be in the new and still think like the old. And God's saying, no, we're gonna leave behind the old and step into the new. Our life is a, is a series of God moments where we step out of something that we've been in and we step into something that we haven't been in yet. And as we step into this new year, I believe it's a God moment. God's saying, leave behind what was yesterday and step into what will be tomorrow. It's an opportunity. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. Forget the former things. Do not remember the old. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Before it springs up, do you not perceive it? The word perceive means to know, to ascertain by seeing. He's saying, man, don't spend your life thinking about the old. (laughs) Isn't it the way of life that at this time of year, we probably spend... If we're not careful, 90% of our time thinking about the mistakes of 2012 and 10% thinking about the opportunities of 2013. And the older you get, the worse that tendency becomes. And God's saying, forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. I don't care if you've heard that verse before, you need to hear it again. Forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. You are a new creation. God is doing a new thing. And before it springs up, He wants us to perceive it, to know it, to ascertain by seeing it, to grab a hold of what God is gonna do through the lens of our heart in worship over this new year period when we give God maybe a few extra hours of our time. Let's grab a hold of not the the old that we're coming out of, but the new that we're stepping into. Let's let God, let us see it, grab it. Make it ours, step into something new. We're gonna make the the new more real than the old by knowing it. Number two, my friends, the old is familiar and the new is formidable. You know the thing about stepping into the new, the old is familiar and the new is formidable. And the thing about stepping into the new is that the new is scary. Anybody believing to go somewhere new in 2013, man, it's scary. There's a reason why on your wedding day, your mouth is dry and you're all nervous. And the reason why is you kind of, you know that you love this girl and you're ready to say yes and it's all gonna be a great and blessed life. But at the same time, it's new and it's formidable. Leave the toilet seat down, you're gonna be okay. But the old is familiar, man. And the new is just downright scary. It's formidable, it seems... It seems huge to believe that your life isn't gonna be the same. But Jesus wants you to believe that. God does not want you hitting 2013 
looking for it to be 2012 2.0. Absolutely not. That year is gone. It's finished. It's done with. And you've got a whole new life that's ahead of you. And God wants you and I believing for something greater as we step into this new year. Think about Abraham who left Haran. That must have been scary. Think about the 10 spies entering the promised land. We know from what they said that those 12 spies, sorry, 10 of them found it scary. We know that Saul becoming king freaked him out so much. He was unwilling to even step into that and you hid amongst the, the luggage on the day of his coronation. Think about these fishermen that Jesus said, leave your nets and I'll make you a fisher of men. The old was familiar and the new was formidable. Fishing alone at night. Now you're gonna stand in front of people during the day. But for every single one of us, man, we've gotta be willing to leave behind the old that is familiar to step into the formidable new that God's got for us because He doesn't want us repeating the cycle of what we have been in. We've got to make steps into the new. They're not easy steps. We've got to be willing to fake it till we make it, to get out of where we've been and to just keep going into the new thing that God's got for us. When it says the new has come, that word in the Greek, the word new, it's actually interesting because it's dividing the word new into a, a delineation between form and time. It's saying the new form or the new substance has come. The new you has come. It's not referring to the new year, but I think that's so powerful because as a believer, how I feel about the person that I am is gonna determine how I live in the time that I am. And God's not saying, man, it's a new year, so therefore let's get excited. He's saying, no, it's a new you, so therefore this new year, get excited. This is not just a message that works today. It works every day of the week because you're a new you in Jesus. He made new you, He made you new, and He's always making you new. Say that quickly. And God's wanting us to hit this new year with a, a great sense of belief that it might be new and different, but God is with us. We can step out into it knowing that He's with us, believing for something greater. Number three, the old is bound by judgment and the new is bound by faith. This is, this is really challenging, this one. Because the old is bound by my judgment, my reason, my rationale, my processing, my knowledge base so far, my learning. But you know, as a believer, no matter how successful you might be in this room today, you can't limit your tomorrows through the lens of your judgment. Don't throw away prudence. Read the book of Proverbs. I'm not preaching against it. But I'm saying to us this morning that if we're gonna step into the new, the new is not bound by judgment. The new is bound by faith by willingness to reach beyond where I'm at towards where God is. If you live in judgment, we fix ourselves to the old. But if we live in faith, we fix ourselves to the new. That's why in verse 16, it says that we should regard no one from a worldly point of view. The word regard means to know or to understand. We should know or understand. Remember that the word, you know, but will you not perceive it means to know or to understand. 
And it's saying we regard, we don't, we don't comprehend people. I don't comprehend my life. I don't comprehend my potential. I'm not comprehending my circumstances from a worldly point of view or perspective. If any man is in Christ, any woman is in Christ, come on, it's a challenge not to fix my life to judgment because judgment keeps me and others in the old, but to fix my life to the new, which requires faith, a belief in a God who is above all, bigger than all, able to take us into something greater. I've got to think and project and believe and look at the lens of where I'm going through the eye of faith in a God who makes all things new. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. I care very little if I am judged by you, Apostle Paul says, or any other human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. When we think, oh, we put people, circumstances, our lives into boxes. And the Apostle Paul is saying, you can judge me, a court can judge me, but I don't even judge myself because I'm just living my life out of a faith in a God who is bigger, who made all things new. I feel like I'm doing great, but maybe I'm not, but that's not my focus. My focus is to look in faith at what God is taking me into and know that if God is pulling me forward, then it doesn't matter what it's been like in the past. When we live in the old, we put stuff into boxes. But when we live on the new, it requires of us a bended knee and an open heart. It requires of us that we don't just look at our lives and say, well, yeah, I'm giving more than that person, serving more than that person. Man, I'm not as good as that person. It takes our focus off the I am only I could never, the judgments we make about ourselves, the judgment we make about others, when we're stepping into the new, we have to leave behind those judgments. And we have to know that it's about what God says about us, what God says about them. Jeremiah, when God called him, he said, I'm gonna anoint you as a prophet. And Jeremiah said, I am only a child. And God said to him, do not say I am only a child. You must go to whomever I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not say I am only. Put whatever you want next to that. I am only a child. I am only young. I am only old. I am only, you know, addicted to smoking. I'm only, you know, financially challenged. I'm only whatever, young, rich, old, slow, whatever, whatever you wanna put next to it. He say no, no, I am only in the Kingdom of God. Instead, it's a challenge of whomever and whatever. Your old is gone and your new has come. We have to believe in a God who can take us wherever He wants to take us. We must. We must get before God on a bended knee and an open heart and believe that if God says, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) You're enjoying this this morning. Number four, the old is stationary and the new is moving. It's just so easy to live in the old because the old doesn't move. (laughs) But the new is moving. The new is moving. And right here, it starts to get really personally motivational because if I'm gonna step into the new, 
You can't just hit that new day, this new moment, this new year with a feeling like you can just rest on your laurels of what you've already got. The new is moving. And God's saying, if we wanna step into the new, we've gotta move with the new. We've gotta be willing to say, man, I haven't got it all figured out yet. I haven't, I haven't understood it all yet. I've gotta be willing to learn, to increase, to grow. I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday. I said, I am a much better leader than I was five years ago. And then I thought about this message. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna be a much better leader in five years than I am now. Because the old is about saying, well, you got there. But the new is about saying, no, hang on a minute. Every day that I follow Jesus, He's expecting me to reach just a little bit further than I did the day before. Until I am fully like Him, He is gonna want me to move forward every day that I am on earth. And none of us are old and we have to leave behind the old that is stationary and grab a hold of the new that is moving forward. Listen, if you take nothing else away from this sermon on this new year, take this home. Blessing is not passive. Just because Jesus promised to bless us doesn't mean that it requires of us nothing. I mean, honestly, we don't deserve it. He brings it, it's grace. I'm not preaching against grace. But what I'm saying, friends, is that we've got to grab a hold of blessing with both hands and hang on to it for dear life. <laughs> I went mountain biking on Friday for the very first time in my, in my life. I mean, I went out for 20 minutes with my brother uh, a couple of Saturdays ago at the back of his house. There's a mountain bike, tra- mountain bike trail at the back of his house. But I do a lot of road cycling, so I'm, I'm fairly fit. I'm not, not super fit, but I'm fairly fit. And uh, so we went out there with a bunch of guys. Most of them were from Paul DeYoung's church's staff and some others, and me and Brent, because it was kind of rise versus life. So I had, to, I had to really kind of muscle up and give it everything, you know, because there's no way a rise is going to lose. And so, and so we're out there going for it, you know, and, uh, and you know, when you're going flying down that downhill, I, I just made one decision. I am not going to let the guy in front, don't tell Jillian this because she told me to be careful, but I'm not going to let... I'm not gonna let the guy in front of me get away from me. So I end up, you know, chasing this guy, called Stanley Ross, one of the pastors at life, down this hill. I mean, oh my gosh, we were doing 44 kilometers down a broken trail. And I'm like thinking, I'm, I'm the, the red, I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm going down this hill. But I'm like, I am not letting you get away from me because this is a rise church I'm representing. And my own foolish pride but I made a decision that I wasn't gonna let go. And I reckon God's got some trails for you, church. As we step into 2013, He's gonna freak you out. He's gonna want you to go so fast, you're gonna feel like you can't hang on, but He wants you to hang on and know that it feels good to stay in the old, but it feels a lot better to step into the new. Come on, it's scary. It's a downhill race, but God wants you hot on His heels. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, 
I press on toward the goal for, for which God has called, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on to take hold that for which Christ Jesus took hold. It's the same word, it's this word perceive, to grab, to know, to understand. He's saying, Jesus understood me, put a greater future in my life. And now my job is just to grab a hold of the new, to know it, to reach for it, to understand it, and then not to live a moment stationary in my life. All the old is gone. And the only thing that matters is reaching always for the new. That's what God wants from us in this new year. Number five, the old owes us something and the new owes us nothing. So I reckon this might be the most powerful thing that somebody needs to know about letting go of the year that you've been in because the old is always filled with debt and the new is always filled with promise. And I know there's some people here who feel indebted to their past. And for those who feel like that, the old is gone as well. You can't reverse the wrongs. But let me speak to the other group of people waiting for something from 2012 to be righted, restored, given back. Well, the old is always filled with debt, but the new is filled with promise. And if we're gonna step into the new year that God's got for us, we have to be willing to let go of the debts, the wrongs, the disappointments, what we're carrying from last year. And we have to be willing to let it go and to step into the promise that God's got for us. I don't think you can hold the debt and the promise in your hand at the same time. I think you have to let go of one to grab hold of the other. It's the story of the trapeze artist who wants to get from one side to the other. The only way you cross is to let go and to take hold. And as we step into this new year that God's got for us, I want you to know, church, that the old is always filled with a feeling like something's gonna come back to me. They ripped me off. That hurt me. I was disappointed by. But God's just saying, we've got to let go of the old and we have to step into the new. We have to grab a hold of something different. We have to release last year. Just release it. Release what has happened, our wrongs, our disappointments, our unrealized expectations. We have to let go of our accomplishments, our accolades. I think the greatest temptation sometimes to live in the old is actually the success of the last season. And this message is so appropriate for us because we've just closed out 10 years of a rise and I'm pretty determined that we're, we're not gonna view this next year as just another year, 11 year. But the first year, of a whole new season of our church. And everything is in the past now. And now what we look to is what's in the future. And for every single person in this room, if you need to know one thing about your 2012, you need to know that the old is gone and that the new has come. 
we step into it with both hands, believing for God to do something greater, take us further than we've ever dreamed possible. And the God that we serve is able to lead us, lead us beyond what we know, what we've experienced, what we understand, into something much greater. And I really do believe that all over this room this morning, God's just speaking to people. And He's just simply saying, it's gone. The old is gone and the new has come. When you close your eyes and bow your heads with me just all over this room, I just feel the Holy Spirit just speaking to people. The old is gone. The new has come. Somebody's come to the service today and that's what you need to know. That the old is gone and the new has come. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and John Cameron, go to arise.org.nz or follow them on Twitter at John Allen Cameron and at Arise Church.